This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Meet Eric Schmidt, an American entrepreneur and philanthropist. Formerly the chief executive officer at Google, the 66-year-old has since co-founded the philanthropic foundation Schmidt Futures, an organization which looks to identify and support talent across disciplines and around the globe to address some of the world's most pressing issues through the development of emerging science and technology. Mr. Schmidt is in Singapore for the S. Rajaratnam Endowment Dialogue at the Arts House. SC's foreign editor, Bhagya Sri Garika, spent some time catching up with him. Welcome to Singapore, Mr. Schmidt. Thank you. And thank you for this interview with the Straits Times. Uh, what's your trip been like so far? I've always loved Singapore. And Singapore is growing and is growing very well. You can see it in the energy and the dynamism of the place. All the new buildings, the growth and so forth, which you take for granted because you see it every day. But as your visitor, I really noticed it. You've been a very clear and forceful advocate of a technology war with China and that US should win this war. You've been part of you know, the advisors to the Biden White House and before that to President Trump and uh, President right. Obama as well. Well, uh, what I prefer to use the word is rivalry because the real war in Ukraine and Russia is so terrible I'm not making a comparison there. Agreed. So let's understand the Chinese objectives. Mm -hmm. They want to build their whole ecosystem. They want to do it on their terms. Made in China 2025, the AI program for 2030. And in every case they want to build good things for their own country but they also want those platforms to be global. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So the American system has the same goal. So we have competition. And I believe it's very important that the Western values, the values of openness and democracy and conversation and so forth, be preserved in these technologies. So that's why I think it's so important that the West, which I'm frankly including Mm -hmm. a fair amount of Singapore with, understand that this is a competition where China has many assets, very smart people, a mm-hmm. great deal of money, mm-hmm. a focused government, and they know what they're doing. And the U.S. does not. The U.S. is confused. Uh-huh. Our political system is confused. If you ask people, they'll give you incoherent answers as to priorities. I think it's crucial that America lead in semiconductors. Mm-hmm. I think it's crucial that America leave it in quantum and artificial intelligence. Synthetic biology will be a $30 trillion business. I'd like the West to be driving that and not China. Uh, My own view of Singapore is that Singapore is the perfect partner for these activities because Singapore is a knowledge economy. Mm -hmm. And Singaporeans and the Singaporean government prize intelligent and thoughtful leadership. Literally the smartest people working on the hardest problems. Why couldn't Singapore attract all of the people who want to be in this region for family or whatever reason and have them come here. Mm -hmm. We should be setting up institutes. We should be getting people from around this region because Singapore is a great place to to live and work. It's international in its focus. It's huge connectivity and Google has lots of data centers here. Sure, sure. It's all good. (laughs) Singapore and rest of Southeast Asia, uh, of course we have good relations with China and we prize those relations. And, you know, we look at both the U.S. and China as, you know, our anchors for prosperity. 
So in that scenario, it's somewhat dismaying to hear about this rivalry. And, and you as driving a foundation that is looking to do good. So surely there's a better way to tackle this than a rivalry. Well, I'm not suggesting I'm driving the rivalry. Uh -huh. I'm suggesting that the rivalry is happening. And if you look at the rhetoric, the speeches from President Xi, President Biden, and the American political system and the Chinese political system, they're driving the rivalry, right? And today, it's very difficult, if you're in the information space, uh -huh. to have any kind of communication between the two. China won't let the American companies in, the American companies won't let the Chinese company in. Mm -hmm. That's a rivalry. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about steel and fabric and things like that. I'm talking mm -hmm. about the, the prospects of the digital age. And I think it's, I understand your, your observation that mm -hmm. wouldn't it be better if we could all get along? I agree mm -hmm. with you, mm -hmm. but I see the governments is pushing this way. Ukraine war is an example of what can go wrong. Yes. And in fact, in your book on AI, a very well received book with Henry Kissinger, Thank you. Uh, you've spoken about this, you've spoken about rivalries of this sort going very, very wrong, simply because AI can make things far worse right. than you can imagine. What are you doing, uh, you know, in your capacity and as an influential person with the Biden administration to make sure that it does not go wrong? Well, uh, first let's start with the U Ukraine-Russian war. I think it's a tragedy. I think it's horrific, uh, and I think it needs to get resolved very quickly. AI is a dual-use technology. It will make us much smarter, much wealthier, many more advancements in science, many more materials, better cars, climate change, all the things that we care about. It can also be used for evil. In particular, AI can be used to take information and weaponize it. It can literally start saying, you know, horrific things or volatile things or misinformation or so forth. That's an easy example. A much more complicated example is what happens in fighting. So let's imagine you have a, 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 a hard war, a real conflict, and the systems, whether it's a cyber war or a missile, are coming faster than humans can decide. Yes. So the system has to respond automatically. But the AI systems today are not perfect. They can't explain exactly how they make their decisions. They make mistakes. What happens if one makes a mistake? And it starts a war when it thought it was responding to a war. These are questions that we have to debate. As part of my philanthropic work, we are busy funding a series of programs which we call AI 2050. And the idea is, what are the problems that have to get resolved now for AI to deliver on its promise. So for example, the AI systems can't explain themselves. Mm -hmm. They can't say how they came to a decision. I ask you, you can explain it, mm -hmm. but the AI system cannot. Mm -hmm. Another is that they're brittle. They can be easily broken mm -hmm. by an adversarial attack or other solutions. Um, many other examples. What about economics? Will AI systems ultimately make people more wealthy or more idle? My own opinion is more wealthy, mm -hmm. but we need to do the research to prove it. What about national security? What happens when the wars are too quick for human interaction? I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you in the future there might be a war that goes like this. North Korea attacks America. America attacks back. Mm -hmm. 
China says not a good time for the war and stops North Korea in this attack. The entire war occurred in five milliseconds. That's a future possible war. It happened just like that. How will, you, how will we discuss that? How will we address it? Will the AI be that reliable? So are you having that kind of conversation with China? Uh, yeah, I've tried. Uh -huh. The problem on the Chinese side is they're not ready to talk about these things. I see. And I also don't know that the West is ready to talk about these things. Mm. We have to build a co coalition of intelligent people around the globe to discuss them before it's too late, before mm. there's a mistake, before there's a disaster. I want to mm. avoid a situation where we had to have a nuclear bomb in order to get people to the table to discuss limiting them. The other thing about talent, of course, is that you know, you've managed it in, uh, in a capacity with Google, so where this was working for private enterprise, versus now where you're looking at it for a philanthropic purpose to do good. So is that very different? Are these people as excited, as easy to excite about you know, these kind of purposes? The smart people want to make a difference. Uh -huh. And smart people want to do it in a business or in government or in a philanthropy. It doesn't matter as long as they're working on something that matters. And what we've learned in the world is most problems need to be solved at scale. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Everyone loves their local school or their local hospital because it's important. It's part of the community and so forth. I want to solve problems that affect every school or every church or every hospital because I want scale. And what we've learned with the internet and with digital technology is that if you get it just right, it can really help everyone. And this is the promise of this next generation of technology, which is largely about artificial intelligence. It will build platforms which won't just solve the problem of education of your child or her child or what have you, but they'll solve, they'll get everyone smarter. And that's how the world becomes very much more powerful. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.